pushed dangerously close to the beach, a bubble-shaped salient that narrowed their safe zone to a mere forty feet. Remy swam inshore and ahead of Sam by a few feet, each of them frequently checking to make sure the other hadn't drifted toward the precipice. In the corner of Sam's right eye he saw a glint, a fleeting flash of gold. He stopped swimming, settled knees first into the sand, then tapped his dive knife on his tank to get Remy's attention. She stopped swimming, turned, and finned back to him. He pointed toward the spot. She nodded. With Sam in the lead, they swam toward shore until the sandbanks came into view. A wall of sand nearly twelve feet tall, these banks marked a precipice of sorts where the water depth dropped from chest height to twenty feet. They stopped before the bank and looked around. Remy shrugged. Where? Sam shrugged his shoulders and kept scanning up and down the bank. There, twenty feet to his right, he saw it again, a flash of gold. They swam to it and stopped again. Here the goodbye zone precipice was closer still, not eight feet behind their backs. Even at this distance they could feel the surge of the current, like a vortex trying to sweep them into the deep. Jutting from the bank at waist height was what appeared to be six or seven inches of a barrel's hoop. Though tarnished and fuzzy with barnacles, In a few places the hoop had been sandblasted by the current, exposing shiny metal. Sam reached out and fanned the area around the hoop. The exposed portion widened to eight inches, then ten inches, before curving back and disappearing into the bank. Sam moved his paddle upward, hoping to uncover some of the barrel's staves if the wood hadn't succumbed to rot. Sam stopped fanning. He looked to Remy and saw her eyes wide behind her mask. Above the hoop was not rotted wood, but a curved metal façade, mottled green with patina. Sam dropped to his knees and wiggled forward until his chest was nearly touching the bank, then craned his neck and waved his paddle beneath the hoop. After thirty seconds of work a cavity appeared. Gently, slowly, Sam slipped his hand into the hollow and probed the interior with splayed fingers. He withdrew his arm and backed away from the object, until he was again beside Remy. She looked at him with expectant eyes. He nodded back. There was no doubt. Their barrel wasn't a barrel, but rather a ship's bell. Well, that was unexpected, Remy said a few minutes later after surfacing. I'll say, Sam replied after removing his mouthpiece. How long do you think it's been down there? Remy asked. Hard to say. Doesn't take long for patina to set in. We'd have to see the thickness of the growth on the rest of it. The interior felt fairly unblemished. And the clapper? Remy asked. Couldn't feel it. Looks like we've got a decision to make. That we do. Not only did the Tanzanian government have some unorthodox laws when it came to maritime salvage, Chumbe Island was officially known as Chumbe Island Coral Park a good portion of which had been partitioned as a reef sanctuary and a closed forest reserve. Before Sam and Remy could do anything, they first had to determine whether the bell officially lay within either of these protected areas. If they passed this hurdle, then they could in good conscience proceed to the next step, determining the bell's provenance and or pedigree. None of this was new to the Fargos. Together and alone, privately and professionally, Sam and Remy had been hunting for treasure, artifacts, and hidden history for most of their adult lives.
Following in her father's footsteps, Remy had attended Boston College, emerging with a master's in anthropology and history, with a focus on ancient trade routes. Sam's father, who'd died a few years earlier, had been one of the lead engineers on NASA's space programs, while Sam's mother, a vivacious lady, ran a charter dive boat. Sam received an engineering degree from Caltech, along with a handful of trophies for lacrosse and soccer. While in his final months at Caltech, Sam was approached by a man he would later discover was from DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, the government's research and development arm. The lure of pure creative engineering, combined with serving his country, made Sam's choice an easy one. After seven years at DARPA, Sam returned to California, where Sam and Remy met at the Lighthouse, a jazz club on Hermosa Beach.